Any views or opinions expressed on KUR are not necessarily those of Kutztown University, Kutztown University Student Government, Kutztown University Student Services Incorporated, KUR staff and management or other affiliated organizations. It is time for the High Sports Talk Show in Northeastern Berks County. The Bears beat your home for the best coverage of Kutztown Golden Bears Athletics with news, updates, upcoming events, and an insight perspective from the two people who know the teams the best. And it's only here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And with that, let's send it over to the McFarland Student Union to join KUR Sports Coordinators. Here's Joshua Toot and Jack Heim. Well, 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 Mr. Heim, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing very good today, Josh. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. This is uh, the Bears Beat, everybody. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome in. This is a show that was hosted by KUR, former sports coordinator, and now... What even is your position title? I'm so sorry. I am the program director. The program director. Basically, it sounds fancy, but all he does is schedule shows, people. That's uh, all. There, there is that's, more, that's, but that's all he does. thing of it. And returning KUR Sports Coordinator Joshua Toot, um, this is the show where we talk about all KUR sport, KU Sports, excuse me, um, recapping everything that happened in the previous week, and previewing what's going to happen in the fall in this upcoming weekend including football once it comes to winter time basketball and in the springtime baseball so basically if this is your first time tuning in jack this is basically a ripoff of the mike missinelli show i mean maybe you gotta love the mike missinelli show you gotta love it i miss mike 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 was my guy every day i tried to call in and he only took my call once at least he got on oh my god it's so awesome talking to him mike mike's mike's the man mike's the man i wish i could be like him but let's get right into this but before we talk about our first topic i want to give some background information because we talked about this before we started recording um so on top of everything i do here at the station i am also a community assistant so thursday i was having a wing meeting um if Anybody doesn't know what that is, I meet with my residents once every month, and we talk about things, catch up with everybody, see how everybody's going. And, uh, of course, the soccer game just had to be going on when I had the meeting. You know, I might have scheduled that on purpose, might not have. That's not the point here. But I just I hear... it is the point, though. Oh, absolutely. It was the point. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad somebody got it, because other people didn't get it. But I hear a voice uh, at the stadium... And it sounded a lot like someone I knew. Familiar. Familiar. And after some research of basically two texts about, I said to myself, that's Jack Heim. That's Jack Heim as the PA announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dan Baker of the women's soccer team, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Heim. I got to hear him do his PA thing. It was an amazing game. Not really because they lost, but we'll dive into that. But... It was a great time, a lot of laughs with my residents, and it was great to catch up with a great friend at the game as well. But, Jack, since now I know that you are the uh, PA announcer for the soccer team, just I just want to hear an opening opinion about that Westchester game. 
Yeah, being there for this one, uh, it was tough. You know, Westchester is a valiant team. There's a reason they're ranked number five, and they proved it at Keystone Field on Wednesday night. You know, it was from the time that game started to the time it ended, it felt like Westchester was in complete control. Uh, Cuts down a couple chances, you know, later in the game. Uh, Just couldn't cash in, but really uh, only one or two solid opportunities at, at the keeper there, and you know, you have to credit Westchester's keeper, Haley McGee, for making a couple big saves down the stretch. But really on the Kutztown side of things, you know, the other keeper, Emmy Wolfel. I mean, wow, season-high eight saves. Uh, and, yeah, she really did a great job of keeping the Golden Bears in this contest because uh, it could have been a lot worse because Westchester, you know, came out to a strong start. And they had a couple chances early on. They cashed in on one. Could have had a couple more. But if it wasn't for Wolfel's fantastic effort, uh, you know, in net, on, on Wednesday night, so again, it, it, you know the scoreboard only said one nothing, but really it was a pretty lopsided game, unfortunately in favor of Westchester. Yeah, like like I like you talked about that second half was really what we got to watch, and after the first goal, I just I I was talking to my residents, and then I look up and it's one nothing, but it, the scoreboard really didn't say how the game went. It was pretty much favored towards Westchester, but there were a couple key players that definitely needed some credit and. First off, Emmy Wolfel, an amazing game in, in that eight high eight saves. That's her career high and just an absolutely impressive performance. But for Kutztown, their defensive performance as a team was not the best. Not what we normally see on occasion. But what I think Emmy Wolfel did was almost captain. Like she's not even a captain of the team, correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but she definitely looked like she was the captain of that team, and she put her team on her back as much as she could. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to ultimately pull out the win. But Kayla Arjun as well, uh, Alexa Andrus, Isabella Rossetti, and Bridget Curtis, those are all four names that come back to light from last year, the NCAA playoffs. And unfortunately... Um, three out of four, Alexandris did not have a shot on goal, but Rossetti, Curtis, and Arjun had shots on goal. It just could not cash in, and they were pretty good attempts that could have easily found the back of the net, but just could not cash in. But before we continue this conversation, a brief word from the KUR Notebook, Attention KU Community. Be sure to walk by the Brass Rail Gallery in the McFarland Student Union from September 25th to October 7th to get a look at the What Were You Wearing project. This project is a visual display of survivors' descriptions of what they were wearing when they experienced sexual violence. The installation asks viewers to consider the amount of self-blame that results from the question, What Were You Wearing? There will also be resource tables throughout the week in the MSU lobby. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And just a side note off of that, KUR notebook. I just, I'm sorry, Jack, to cut from our discussion. What in the world's going on over there? Oh, hey, but yeah, why? <laughs> but um, just coming off that KUR notebook. If anyone is in need of any resources, please re- reach out to. Her name is Victoria Simmons. She gave a great presentation in one of our staff trainings. So if anybody is in need or is in danger, please reach out to SafeBurks. They are always there for you 24-7, 365 days out of the year. But let's get back to our soccer discussion, Jack. And 
just looking at this game, what could have been done differently? Because even from the first minute of play, it was all favor towards Westchester. A, a goal already in the first five minutes. But after that, it was there was no scoring. But like we talked about, it was mainly favor towards Westchester. So from a team perspective, where do you go from here, would you say? You know, you got to uh, – it's just – you got to find a way to generate generate more offense. I mean, you know, Westchester is a great team. You have to credit them. You know, give credit where credit's due. They certainly played a phenomenal game on Wednesday night. But for Kutztown, you know, you got to be able to get some more chances. I mean, if you want to, you know, tango with the best in the East, you have to be able to, you know, generate a little bit more on the offensive end than they did on Wednesday night. So, again, all credit to Westchester for the performance they put out there. They controlled the game. They clearly looked like the better team on, on that given night. And... They they have a solid season in store uh, down at Westchester due to the Golden Rams. You know, very solid performance, a lot of ball control. It was a physical matchup. It was really chippy from start to finish, but that only escalated more and more in the second half. A lot of fouls were taken, but that's just part of the game. When you're playing your rival, it's going to be physical. It's going to be chippy. There's no love lost between these two schools. And, uh, again, it's exactly what I expected, but in terms of the physicality aspect. Uh, but, yeah, not not really much else to say on that in terms of – you know, the way the game was played, Westchester, like I mentioned, they were the better team, and they deserved to get that win, and they got it. Yeah, definitely. That Westchester game we talked about last show was pretty much the deciding factor of how Kutztown's season would go just about the rest of the year. And remember, even from last year, too, Westchester was the team that knocked Kutztown out of the NCAA Division II playoffs last year, so a lot riding on that game. Unfortunately, Kutztown just could not rise to the occasion. But I think definitely, in my personal opinion at least, the next time that these two teams play each other, I, I think it might be a little bit of a different outcome. I think this was definitely, hopefully at least, a big wake-up call for the Golden Bears and definitely showed them that just riding off a of talent alone isn't going to cut it because looking at these past games and these past um, matchups, it looked like they were just riding off of uh, talent alone and this was a big wake-up call for them. Uh, losing two big games early on in the season, a lot of a lot of season left to go, but you got to get back on the winning streak. Um, but before we dive off of this topic, um, let's just break down some statistics here from the game. Um, Westchester obviously with the goal cuts ten zero. Uh, Westchester, this really talks about the part where the scoreboard really didn't say how the game went. Fourteen shots for the Rams, five for Kutztown, nine. Shots on goal for the Rams out of 14. Kutztown, four shots on goal out of the five. Um, we talked about the Rams, a couple saves for, but um, Emmy Wolfel really had a great night with eight saves in the net. Um, Westchester, eight corner kicks to Kutztown's three. So that's another part where we talked about Westchester generating a lot of offense. Maybe next time if they play the Golden Rams, limiting those corner kicks. Um and we talked about um, in the second half how fouls really started to pick up, but as a nature of the game, Westchester eight fouls to Cutstown's nine fouls. So, looking ahead to their game this Saturday, which is at Millersville, four o'clock start. What would you th- change differently if you were playing on the team going into another PSAC East rival who's just as good as Westchester, the Millersville Marauders? Yeah, you know, it's you got to go on the road, and going on the road is never easy, especially coming off back-to-back losses. But 
it's you know you just got to find a way to win. I mean, it's it sounds cliche, it sounds simple, but against a team that's you know towards the bottom, they're one three and two in conference, one four and two overall. You know, you're getting a little bit of different different taste of things here. You know, you're playing a team that's on the other end of the spectrum, so you need to be able to go out there and win uh, against a few inferior opponents, and that's what Millersville is. According to the start that they've had, doesn't mean that they don't have more in store and they can't turn things around. But based on what we've seen to this point of the season, uh, these are games that you have to go out there and win uh, because you need to be able to take care of business against the teams that are below you in the standings if you want a chance to crack the top of the East Division when it's all said and done. But you know, again, then they after that they come home for Lockhaven next Wednesday, and you know it, it's a softer part of the schedule coming up here in late September. So you have to, you know, just be able to take these losses from the some of the better teams in the division on the chin and be able to go out there and say, look, did we play our best games on these days? No, we didn't. But we have to put that past us now and we'll go out there and make sure every time we step on that field, we, we play our A game, uh, no matter who the opponent is. Because if you can control the game, it's more than likely you are going to win. So you got, you got to play to your strengths. If your cuts down, find ways to control possession and try to get more opportunities, especially through corner kicks. They had two late in the first half against Westchester. Couldn't cash in, but those are some of the relatively few opportunities that they had in that game. Yeah, definitely. And one more thing I want to add about the Millersville game is not only did Westchester knock them out in the NCAA playoffs, but Millersville did knock them out in the PSAC playoffs in the first round. So these two games back-to-back, they had a lot riding on them. And looking at the Millersville game... You're kind of on a losing streak right now, two straight. Um, so, if you could get back in the win column, that's so important. Not only just for your record, but for the standings, but also for team morale. I, I definitely think that two straight losses are going to have a big impact on a team. And at this point, you got to try to find the win column. It's it's definitely sounds very simple, but it, it really isn't. Millersville's another great team, like we talked about. Um, I just want to. Just say that this this game has a, you know, we thought that Westchester had a lot riding on this. This game even has a lot more riding on it. Um, so obviously you gotta you gotta get something going here. What you've been doing hasn't been working, and it's good that you're finding it now, early in the season. But now it's time to correct it. That's probably your most important goal for the women's soccer team. So we definitely wish them the best of luck this Saturday. Like we talked about, um, any women's soccer fans, they will be taking on Millersville at Millersville this Saturday 4 p.m. But looking at the next game, uh, next team, excuse me, that um, we like to talk about pretty often here on the Bears V is um, field hockey. Field hockey, uh, uh, two great wins in the past couple days. Um, and... We talked about this school because the last show because we never really even heard of them, but we talked about how Kutztown would have to hit the road uh, pretty pretty far, and they took care of business um, th- with defeating Coker by a final score of four to nothing, and that extends Kutztown's uh, record to five and zero, and just another great win. Um, we always talked about over. A series of teams that playing on the road isn't easy, um, but Kutztown just found a way th- to manage it uh, for nothing. All offense in their favor, um, but 
we'll have to get more into that conversation in a little bit because unfortunately we are going to have to take a break. Uh, this is definitely the part that I hate the most about this, about doing a show, but stick around and we'll talk more about the field hockey team and we'll get right into football. This is the Bears beat right here on your sports leader, KUR. Stay with us. Are you busy Saturday afternoons but still want to follow your favorite Golden Bear athletic teams? Look no further than KUR. Every Saturday, join sports coordinator Josh Tu and the rest of the sports staff as they give you a live play-by-play, whether it be in Kutztown or anywhere throughout the state, or even if you are attending the game. Make sure to tune in to hear live statistics as they happen, as well as an inside perspective from our sports team. Thank you for your support of College Radio right here in Berks County, KUR Cutstown. Do you see that doggy in the shelter? Hi, I'm Buddy, the adorable puppy you adopted from the Humane Society. Meow. I'm Whiskers, a fluffy kitty, just waiting for someone to love me. When you adopt a pet, we hope your new furry friend will become a cherished member of your family. And as Buddy and Whiskers will tell you, the key to success is following the rules to love by. Woof, that's right. Please give me food, water, and exercise every day. To stay healthy, I need the same kind of things you need. Talk to me. I like hearing your voice. You're my best friend. Please don't stay mad at me or lock me up as punishment. Remember, I'm probably going to live 10 to 15 years, so take care of me when I get old. One day you'll need someone to take care of you, too. A message from the Montgomery County Humane Society. Visit www.mchumane.org for the complete rules to love by. be your best friend for life. You're home for the best coverage of Kutztown, Golden Bear Athletics, news, updates, upcoming events. This is the Bears Beat right here on your sports leader, KUR. If you're just tuning in, my name is Joshua Tude alongside my co-host Jack Heim. This show runs every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. This is where we recap the past week of Kutztown Athletics and preview the weekend athletics. Um, right now, in fall, it's football, in the wintertime, basketball, and in the springtime, baseball and softball. But before our break, we were just touching uh, field hockey and the two great wins they had over not only Coker, but another big Division two school, uh, Wingate. But let's dive right into um, the Coker game. And Rachel Dustman, we talked about her last week as one of the big team leaders on the team, and she did not disappoint once again. Two goals and another assist, and now tied for second in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, or the PSAC, in goals and assists. And Andy Sarah and Greenlight McGee, also two rounding out the scoring um, with a th- uh, thir- three-goal third quarter. Um, 
So definitely a lot going on in this game and just full pedal to the metal once again for the Golden Bear field hockey team. Absolutely. You know, this team has been in this, this program has really been in ascension mode, you know, over the past couple of years. Uh, they've done a good job of being a consistent team right in the middle of the pack in the PSAZ since 2015. But, you know, over the last couple of years, they've taken that extra step forward. They have gotten, you know, a little bit more recognition in this conference. You know, just in 2019, the year before the panel, you know, before the COVID year happened, uh, in terms of the athletics being uh, canceled, you know, they were a 15-win team that included a PSAC runner-up, uh, you know, campaign and finished with a trip to the NCAA Division II Final Four. So really, this team has been climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. And they had a good season last year. They went 11-7, and but now this year, a 6-0 and start. Um, you know, going back to this Coker game, they won 4 to nothing. It's just this team has been playing well. They're ranked number five. And this is a team to watch uh, in terms of being one of the best uh, not only in this conference, but in Division II. We've seen a lot of it. You mentioned Rachel Dustman. Great start, six goals. Uh, and, you know, again, notch two in that Coker game, but it was it's just dominance. It's just dominance so far from this Golden Bears team. And they've just gone out there every time they've had to take the field, and they went out there and did what they had to do. They get wins in relatively dominant fashion controlling the game every time they go out there. Yeah, they're always putting 100% full speed, full pressure. They're always on the offense, it seems, and they are just steamrolling through all their games right now. And it's not only the PSAC, it's just Division Two play because they're playing all over. They went down to South Carolina for a weekend road trip, and that was strictly business. You could see uh, 4-0 win. We'll talk about the Wingate game in a couple minutes, but really just this this. These couple games right here are putting the PSAC on notice, and not only just the PSAC, but Division Two field hockey as well. This, this is a team that could easily, I think, go all the way this year. It's it's hard to say right now, but it's it's definitely looking like they could really make a good run, and they and they they're proving why they are so good and why they deserve to be the number five team in the country. But other than that, let's move on to the Wingate game, which was. Another dominant performance for the Golden Bears. And Aaron Gonzalez is one player I really want to focus on with one short of the hat trick. Um, We talked about how this team is just on the offense all the time. And just so impressive to watch how this team is just progressing over the months. They are getting ready for the playoffs now rather than in October, November. And it is great to see. Absolutely, you know, and this team, you know, they've mopped up an out-of-conference play. Uh, There's six out-of-conference games. They've won them all. It's relatively been not close. You know, they had that 2-1 home win against the Delphi. That was their closest match. But 4-0, 4-0, 4-1, 7-0, and 10-0. So, I mean, that's just utter dominance. You're going out there. You're, you are beating the brakes off these teams from, for the most part. So, uh, it's definitely a fantastic start. Uh, but they have their sights set ahead because conference play will start you know, next Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, and that's when things start to get real because you get to see what this team really does look like against some of the better teams in their own conference. So, uh, you know, the biggest one, of course, is going to be against East Stroudsburg. They are a very solid team, and they'll meet each other way later on in the season. But that's there's a time and a place to preview that one. But overall, for this for the, for the team, uh, it's just it's fantastic to see. It's really exciting to watch. A uh, lot to look forward to in 2022. Could you know you mentioned it earlier? It could be a special year. Uh, for this bunch where they can maybe get over the top and win the PSAC crown. Yeah, definitely. This is a year that could definitely put Kutztown right back on the map. 
we talked about how they were always on the bat, but last year was a was a pretty rough year for them. Eleven and seven. Um, they didn't do so hot in the PSAC playoffs, but you know th- this is a good year just to rebound and get right back on the gas. Make your name known. Make everybody respect you. And I just want to mention one thing. Erin Gonzalez. Just we talked about how she had two goals. She's only a freshman, and just to see the amount of the amount of ad confidence she's playing with how she's being a leader on the team only as a freshman that's definitely very tough to do and we got to give her credit where it's due absolutely Aaron Gonzalez played great you know stepping in and being a difference maker for this team as just only a freshman it's incredible to see the strides that she's taken so early on in her Golden Bear career uh and it's going to be great to see her develop as a player uh, you know, not only for the rest of this year, but years to come. But one more thing, I was misspoken. I said East Strouser was that team. Look, it was actually Shippensburg. Uh, they were they're the defending champions of the PSAC, but also they were the defending national champions. So they had an incredible season last year. Uh, they're going to be a very tough team to go up against, and it's going to be a big test uh, for this Golden Bears squad. And they actually play them sooner rather than later uh, with an impending matchup on October 11th. So that is coming up soon. Uh, within their next five games. So, again, that's going to be a huge test for this team. But there's other ones like Westchester sandwiched in between, of course. They're, they're your rival, and they're a solid group as well. So, you know, this strike to schedule is going to get a lot harder uh, in the coming weeks, but this is really when we'll get to see what this team is truly made of. One more one more thing, though, Josh. Their first six out-of-conference games, Kutztown's goals, uh, goal differential, plus 29th, have scored 31 goals, wow. have only allowed two. Uh, so, fantastic start. They're averaging five goals a game. Uh, their opponents, they're holding them to under half a goal a game, you know, 0.33. Uh, so their margin of victory is nearly five goals a game. Fantastic. Uh, and they lead the conference in corners so far with a 128. Uh, it's a resounding number, so it just shows you how solid this offense has been thus far. And definitely. this is That was definitely an interesting statistic, and I'm, I'm very glad you mentioned that. Just Kutztown is so dominant. And one more thing I want to mention before we move on to our next topic. Um, looking at all these players that are making an impact, except for Katie Dodderwich, who is a senior, and Rachel Dustman, who is a senior, all of these ladies are just either freshmen or sophomores, which is so impressive to see a team this dominant when they're only in their freshman or sophomore year. That's something almost even unheard of, not only just in the PSAC, but also in... Division two play, Division one play, Division three play, wherever you play, just seeing freshmen step up it's, and sophomores, excuse me, it's just so impressive to watch. And I, I think we might have a a national champion team right here, looking at these games, Jack. But looking at their next upcoming games, um, they have about six days off before they take on Mansfield at Mansfield. So a little bit of a drive, but that definitely should not affect them as they did a road trip down to South Carolina, North Carolina. Um, and then they take on Westchester at Westchester on October 1st. And then, then they go back down to Lindenwood and then they finally come home against to take on Mansfield on October 8th, uh, 6 PM start, but continued success for the field hockey team. And just one more thing I want to highlight before we leave uh, the field hockey um, topic: Sarah Gatehouse with the PSAC Defensive Athlete of the Week. Um, only a junior, and hats off to her. Uh, definitely a great accomplishment that definitely should not go unnoticed. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, great accolade to get there. Uh, certainly playing some phenomenal defense for the week, but also for the season. So, you know, that only sh- that only is further proven by allowing two goals through your first six games. So, again, ve- very much have liked what I've seen from this team. And, again, it'll, it'll get tested, you know, in the upcoming schedule, uh, especially against teams like Westchester and Shippensburg down the line. Uh, but, yeah, they get right into conference play next Wednesday. So they get some adequate rest time before getting into the – you know the the brute of their schedule, and then that this is where we'll really get to see you know what what this team is made of and how far they truly can go with playing some of the best in the conference. Yeah, definitely. They have a they have a lot riding on these couple games, and they need to get out to a quick start in conference play. And I have no doubts at all that they will do that. But we'll definitely keep up with that. We'll talk more about field hockey next week, but. The next topic that we're going to go into, we always talk about this every week, and we cover football every week as well. Um, a great win against Mercyhurst. Um, not Definitely tough to watch on the TV the first half, but the second half was very easy to watch. Uh, and definitely just not the best start you want for Kutztown, but a great ending to the game and Definitely a lot of momentum going into their next game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But a final score, Kutztown 50, Mercyhurst 31. That will put Kutztown 2-1 and, and Mercyhurst 2-1. and one. So definitely getting Kutztown back on track here at a 66.66 winning percentage. Um, if you round that up, that'll, get, that'll take them to 67. But I'm no math guy, so we'll keep it at 66.6%. But... Definitely a lot of players that we need to talk about here, Jack. And I, I think we should start with Donnie Blaine. And Donnie, what an amazing game. He had 46 yards passing, um, no touchdowns, but he definitely got a lot of players involved, and that definitely gave them the win. Yeah, I, I actually want to look at the rushing attack for this one because, you know, you look at the plays, if 19 first downs for Kutztown, um, and they got 14 of those first downs through the ground game, Overall, net-wise, I mean, it was just a dominant rushing performance. 271 yards on the ground on 49 attempts. It's 5.5 yards per carry. It's a very solid day running the football. And they got it in the end zone six times on the ground. Six rushing touchdowns. And, you know, it's just, that's a day to remember on the ground. It, it truly is. You know, when, you're, when your offense puts up 271 yards of your 317 on the ground, it just shows that you're running the ball effectively. And that's how they did it all day. You know, Daryl Davis-McNeil... Two first-half touchdowns. He finished with four on the day. So, you know, credit to him. One of, you know, best games of his career uh, with 145 yards and four touchdowns. Also, Jordan Davis got in the end zone twice. So, again, you look at the way Kutztown was able to score. A lot of it was through the ground game. Uh, And, of course, you know, they had some big defensive plays in the second half also because the first half uh, was not that great. Uh, They allowed 24 points, uh, one of the most, I think, allowed in a half by this defense in quite some time, really. Uh, but they were able to get things back on track in the second half, and overall uh, it was a solid win, uh, especially with the way they were able to clean things up coming out of the break. And that's a common theme we've seen from this team this year. You know, they haven't always looked the cleanest in all assets of the game through the first half, but whatever happens when they go into the break, Clements gets his guys ready to go, and they just play a lot more of a clean game all around in the second half, whether it be you know the defense making some key changes to stifle the opponent's offense or the rushing game getting going or just a more balanced attack. We saw it in that Cal U game. The offense looked a little bit dysfunctional in the first half, but they were able to change things up 
uh, get that ground game going, which really opened things up for Blaine to take some shots down the field. Uh, but we saw the offense click right from the jump in this one, especially on the ground. Yeah, definitely, and the and the ground game really was definitely the make or break situation for the Golden Bears, and definitely Daryl Davis McNeil just put the team on his back with four touchdowns and Jordan Davis. Those are I think those are Jim Clement's number one and number two man when it comes to the running attack, but also too Jerome Cap was also getting a little involved and Stephen Burkhardt as well with um twenty three yards. I believe he's only a freshman. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Getting the young men early, um, I think they brought him in at the very end once Kutztown went up by 50, um, and then really just a lot going on in that game, and they're, like, just their running attack was definitely the reason that they got so much, I think, so much done in that game, and definitely from the very beginning, it didn't look great, but other than that, it was just... A game that was really controlled by the Golden Bears, and I think going into their next game, would you try to get the more? Would you try to get the pass game more involved, or just leave it strictly to the running? Look, if you're going to want to beat the best teams in this conference, you need to be able to have a balanced offensive attack. We haven't seen that so far from the Golden Bears this year. It's been the run game has been a lot of the success points, and you know they've been you know Blaine's done what he's had to do. But he hasn't really won the game through the air for Kutztown. You know, he, he made some big throws against Cal U, a big touchdown pass to Cap, uh, and you know he had one in the first half to Husser. But you know, Cap hasn't in critical situations. He hasn't had to go down the field late in games and be able to make the throws to get them down the field on a winning drive. He just hasn't had to do that yet. Uh, he's done it earlier in the fourth quarter, but we haven't seen him had to go down in crunch time and run like a two minute drill. Interesting to see if we could see that in the upcoming weeks, but. Again, if it isn't broke, don't fix it uh, in terms of the rushing attack. They've been able to get things going in recent weeks. Uh, I expect this, uh, this offense is a run-first offense. It's been that way, uh, and I think we're seeing that a little bit more now in, than in recent years. But, again, you need to have a balanced offensive attack if you're going to want to you know, win games against top teams and go to the places where this Kutztown team ultimately wants to go, uh, which is you know back to where they were last year and get another crack at it. So, uh but for this Mercyhurst game, just my final thoughts on it. Uh, third quarter was the biggest biggest part of the game. Uh, Twenty six to nothing, the Golden Bears outscored Mercyhurst uh, in that third quarter, and that's really what set this game apart uh, and made it look ugly. Another key point we didn't talk about though was Antoine Lloyd getting the pick six, thirty three yard interception return for a touchdown that made it forty three to twenty four. And you know at that point, before that pick six, it was a twelve point game. You know Mercyhurst was still lingering around. But that pick six really sealed the deal uh, for Kutztown and really, you know, just put Mercyhurst to bed. Yeah, that Antoine Lloyd pick six was so well read. I mean, he just knew coming out of the hands that it was his and he was going all the way back. He was going to run it back. But definitely Antoine Lloyd was just one of those players that had an amazing defensive game. He was just all over the place making tackles. Whatever play needed to be made, it was mainly done by him and just an outstanding performance, and he was highlighted for his outstanding performance by na- being named a PSAC Defensive Player of the Week, and hats off to him once again. But I think really the defense did most of the work, I think, in this game, just shutting shutting Mercyhurst down in the second half. I think that really let Kutztown get ahead, and I think if Mercyhurst would have been able to score a couple more times, they definitely could have pulled this game out from under our legs, and 
you know, not something we want to see. But I think we talked about Daryl Davis, McNeil, and Jordan Davis, but we definitely the defense played, in my opinion at least, just as big of an impact as both Daryl Davis, McNeil, and Jordan Davis. But, Jack, I hate to interrupt our conversation, but what time is it? It's break time. It's break time. I'm sorry. But it's been a great conversation. We're going to talk more about football after the break, but... Every week we do our trivia question. So this week's trivia question, obviously our football stadium named after the great Andre Reed. How many Super Bowls did Mr. Reed appear in? How many Super Bowls did he appear in? We'll get your answers after the break. This is the Bears Beat. Stay with us. You are listening to KUR. The radio voice of Kutztown University. Did you miss a show? Want to hear your favorite shows on your time? Then check out our Mixcloud page, where you can hear select programming on your schedule. Mixcloud is a digital audio streaming service rethinking the platform of radio. Just go to mixcloud.com forward slash KU radio and click on the show that you want to hear. This is KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. Programming on KUR brought to you by the students of Kutztown University Radio. I'm Mitchell Smedley at the KUR News Desk. Checking campus headlines, Kutztown faculty, club leaders, and advisors, as well as students themselves, have a chance to support the student experience at Kutztown University. This comes as a result of the governor's historic 15% proposed increase in funding for Pennsylvania's state system of education, PASHI, which includes KU. The enactment of this budget will be discussed and debated by the PA State Legislature. KU has announced some ways in which our community can influence that debate. Students, you can help by participating in advocacy activities on your own or with your friends. Faculty, please consider offering extra credit to your students for service-oriented or subject-related projects. Advisors and club leaders, you can help by considering this opportunity as an advocacy project. Golden Bears, let's all do our part to make this go through. We check news hourly on KUR. It's the hottest sports talk show in Northeastern Berks County. The Bears beat. Gotta get in. In Bear Country, 1670 AM. This is the Bears Beat, your home for the best coverage of Kutztown Golden Bear Athletics news, updates, upcoming events. Reviewing athletic games, previewing athletic games, everything you need for Kutztown Athletics, you listen to it right here on KUR 1670 AM. If you're just tuning in, uh, every every show before we go to our final break of the show, we do our trivia question. We leave you, we leave you with the question, you give us our answer, and maybe you'll get a pat on the back, but... You won't get anything, really, just other than that. But today's question, obviously, every I hope everybody knows that our football stadium is named after the great Hall of Famer Andre Reed. How many Super Bowls did Mr. Reed appear in? So, 
Jack, during the break, you told me you knew the answer, so... And you were very confident, so this is going to look really bad if you don't know the answer. So, what is your answer? My answer is Andre Reid appeared in four Super Bowls. Four Super Bowls, yes. Four Super Bowls. The All ma- with the Buffalo Bills. Yes, yes. The And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was those were the years of the... Uh, the documentary, uh, the Four yep, Falls four. of Buffalo. Yes, yes that is such. That was an amazing documentary. I Absolutely, sh- I shouldn't even be promoting ESPN, but I, it was fantastic. Oh, I watched it too. It oh, was it was great. it was awesome. They did an they did a fantastic job with it. But yeah, not a Super Bowl champion though. The Four Falls of Buffalo. He was part of those teams, and I hope I hope he comes back for homecoming. That's gonna be. That's going to be a good game if he comes back. Um, he usually comes back for homecoming, I know. Um, so, But before we move on to previewing our, the next game, which is pretty much the most important headline of this show this week, um, let's review some statistics. Um, Kutztown, 19 first downs to Mercyhurst, 18. Um, Kutztown, 14 rushing attempts to Mercyhurst, 9. Um, Kutztown, 3. Um, completions out of Mercyhurst is six. Um, Mercyhurst deadly penalties by one, three to two. Um, total yards for Kutztown in the rushing. Kutztown had 271 to Mercyhurst 153. And Kutztown did lose the passing yardage. Uh, Mercyhurst at 128 to Kutztown's 46. And Donnie Blaine, three, five, and one. To Mercyhurst, 17, 28, and 2. That was the completion and attempts and interceptions rate. But that was fun and all talking about the Mercyhurst game. That was pretty much the second half was pretty much a mop-up. Cuts down was all on the gas the second half. But this next game is going to be so, so, so important. Because this game could either make or break... The Golden Bears making the playoffs in November. This this might be the game that might make or break their season right here against the number five ranked Shepard. And whenever I say their name, Shepard, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth still going back to that December game. Oh, it was terrible. And I don't even, I think I told you this story, but I don't know if I told our listeners. When I was, when I went down to, co- to go to Shepard to cover the basketball game, it was a doubleheader. In the in halftime of the women's basketball game, they brought the Shepherd football team out, and they they just had the audacity to print out this like probably about as big as like not as wide as this wall, but it probably about half the length of this wall, just of him catching the football, and it was oh my god, it was so heartbreaking because it just brought me back to that game, and it was oh. But this is this is redemption time. This is time for revenge. This this is it right here. This was a game that was circled on the calendar all year long. This this was it right here, Mr. Heim. Yes, it is. Everyone everyone knew what this game meant to both of these schools coming into the season, considering how last season ended for Kutztown and how Shepard went on to Texas with the win and then the Hail Mary. Uh, and then they got the absolute break speed off him by Ferris State, which was enjoyable to watch. Absolutely it was enjoyable, enjoyable to watch. watch. You know, watching that score, I was like, oh, yes, sir. Ferris got him. Ferris got him. But, and- no, it's it's not time to look back at that. We have to look forward to Saturday's matchup. Uh, and, look, Kutztown's going to have their hands full. This Shepard team is just as good, if not better, than they were last year. 
and it's it's going to be a tough one. It, it really is. You know, looking at this, looking at some stats for the Shepard team, they have an elite passing attack. Tyson Bagent, their quarterback from last year, back again. Uh, he's he's a stud. You can't put it anyway. He's a stud through three games, has a thousand seventy three passing yards, averaging three hundred fifty seven passing yards a game. Has thrown for ten touchdowns to only two interceptions. And, of course, on the ground, they're starting running back Ronnie Brown from last year is also back with the team. He has 424 yards, or 418 yards, excuse me, through the first three games of the season uh, with five touchdowns, and he's averaging 139 yards on the ground per game and only on 33 attempts. So that's 12.7 yards per carry. Uh, That is phenomenal numbers. And this Shepard offense is, it was lethal last year. It might be better this year. It, it really it really might to the first three games. I mean, they have looked very impressive. And I know this is a Kutztown show, but you have to just understand what level of competition you're going up against uh, this weekend. You have a very strong team coming into town. But like I was saying, I've said this off air, funky things happen in Andre Reid Stadium. The way this team plays at home, uh, they didn't lose in the regular season at home last year. Uh, and, you know, this team just feels more comfortable playing in front of this home crowd, which makes sense. Most teams do. Uh, but this team has been very, very solid here at Andre Reid Stadium over the past couple of years. Could that continue on Saturday? I don't know. That's to be determined. But they're going to have to bring their absolute A game if they want to win this one, Josh. This is going to be a really, really, really tough game because Shepard just comes in with so many weapons. So many. And it really just starts with Tyson Bajan. And last year the talk was would he transfer out of Shepard to go play at West Virginia? That was the talk of Shepard football. But... He did not. Um, and it is important to note that Tyson Bajan is getting a lot of NFL looks. Um, he, there's a there's a good shot that um, I was listening to a radio program um, down in Shepard, and he was talking about that some NFL teams did reach out to him, and I I can see why. Uh, he's 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 an elite quarterback, um, and Donnie Blaine is definitely going to have his hands full. Donnie Blaine. Um, and the defense of Kutztown are going to have their hands full. And probably just the preparation, just saying itself, remember what happened last year? Don't let it happen again. That's probably all you need to say for Coach Clements. But we'll get more into the, this discussion in a little bit. But a quick announcement from the KUR Notebook Attention KU community. The Women's Center and the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center will be hosting the 6th Annual Gender and Sexual Minorities Conference on Friday, October 7th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the McFarland Student Union, room 218. The conference theme is justice, including a look at social, economic, political, and organizational justice while discovering the roles of equity, fairness, inclusion, and compassion for all. The day will begin at 10 a.m. with keynote speaker Lala Holston Zanel, who leads the ACLU's advocacy and organizing work to support and empower transgender and non-binary people and focuses on anti-violence in the LGBTQ plus community. Program sessions then continue to be held throughout the afternoon. Visit the webpages of the Women's Center and the LGBTQ plus Center for more information. Registration for this event will be done through Engage. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Well, before that K- that KUR notebook, we were talking and previewing the Shepherd game and how Shepard comes in with a lot of weapons, but looking on past games for Kutztown, just their defense has been holding strong in most of these games. We talked about it in their first game, only limiting Assumption to 
that field goal in the first quarter, limiting Calhoun to 19 points, limiting Mercyhurst to 31 points. But I think with this Shepard game, limiting the those points is going to have to come even lower than that. They're going to have to limit them to maybe at most three touchdowns. But I would say maybe limiting them to two touchdowns at most is probably more ideal just because of how powerful Shepard really is. For me, you got to hold them under 30. That's the number. Because if you look at their last game against Cal U, they won 26-23 in overtime. And that was a tight game. Cal U had that game in their grasp. They were up 23-13 with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Shepard battled back, got a touchdown, made a 23-20 before kicking a the tying field goal as time expired in the fourth quarter. Tied at 23 before they kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime. So this Shepard group, it, they're a beatable bunch. Uh, you know, Kutztown battled back and beat Cal U, and Cal U pushed Shepard to the brink in their last game. So while this Shepard team is fourth-ranked and they're very, very good, this Kutztown team can can win this game, but they have to execute certain aspects of the game. This team can run it well, but Shepard knows that. They're going to stack the box more than likely. They're going to put eight in the box, and they're going to try to make Donnie Blaine beat him with their with his arm. Now, if you flash back to last year, Donnie Blaine had to step in against Shepard in that game for an injured Eric Nickel, and Donnie Blaine played fantastic. He had probably one of the best games, if not the best game, of his collegiate career in order to keep Kutztown in that game before Shepard won the way they won. Everyone knows how that went. But Donnie Blaine did a great job stepping up in that game. Kutztown's going to need him to step up again this weekend and play a game very similar to that if the Golden Bears want a different outcome than last season's heartbreaker and a win on home field against a very, very talented Shepard squad. Shepard is a team that uh, they're definitely pretty. They're definitely probably one of the most talented organizations in Division II college football. But so is Kutztown. Kutztown has been known to upset a couple teams over the years, and Shepard is no different. Kutztown definitely could be the upsetting factor. Upset the number five team in the country in Division II football, and it's very possible. But like you talked about, Kutztown's going to need to play a perfect game. A mediocre game isn't going to cut it. An okay game isn't going to cut it. A, a great game is going to cut it. Isn't going to cut it. It's going to have to be an amazing game. Playing 60 minutes of football. Playing every snap to every whistle with everything you got. And that might just be the thing that beats Shepard. If they don't do that, they honestly probably could lose this game if they don't play snap to whistle for 60 straight minutes of football. Absolutely. You know, one of the underrated parts of Shepard's team also is their defense. They've allowed 12.3 points per game thus far. And that's a that's a very solid number. You know, that that's the numbers that Kutztown's defense was putting up last season with how good this Golden Bears defense was last year. And I'm not saying they're not good this year. They are. They've limited their opponents to 17 points per game thus far. You know, the number does get a little inflated by the 31 for Mercyhurst. But, you know, again... It's gotta you gotta play your game. You gotta be able to control the line of scrimmage, offensive line, defensive line, the guys in the trenches, they gotta step up. Uh they got they gotta be willing to put in sixty minutes of, you know, hard work. You got you gotta don't take a playoff. You gotta make those guys on the other sideline pay and you have to be able to out out physical them. You have to, you know, the physicality is gonna be there from both sides, but you gotta control the lines of scrimmage. The offensive line, the defensive line. That's where the game is gonna be won and lost. Because if you could control the ground game for Kutztown, churn some time off the clock, keep the ball in your hands and stuff it in the end zone, uh, you know, the less time this ball is in Shepard's hands, the better. Uh, and that's really the way I see Kutztown being able to win this game. Can they control time of possession? Can they control plays? And can they control the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball? Those are the three keys for me. If they can, if they can do all those things, they're going to give themselves a fantastic shot to win this game. And if not, 
if they, and if they w- were not to come away with the win, they'd have to be pretty darn proud of their effort for c- controlling a lot of the key aspects of the game. And and that's and that's just about as perfectly said as I would have put it. Um, uh, and definitely, we'll definitely mention keys to the game. Jack already mentioned his. I I think mine just comes down to very simple. You gotta you gotta improve the passing game. Running game isn't just gonna cut it for this game. You have to you 100%. have to have a, you have to have a balanced offense. It, it, there's no other option. There there's no other option. You need to you need to step up your defense. Um, giving up 31 points to Mercyhurst isn't gonna cut it. You have to limit them to under 30 at max. So you have to limit them if you if you can to possibly two touchdowns like I talked about. And it's gonna be a tough task. You know, we previewed, you know, like like you were, I'm assuming you were about to get to, you know, we were previewing how tough this Shepard offense is going to be. And it's going to be the best offense this Kutztown team has seen thus far, and maybe the best offense they see all season. Um, so, yeah, Saturday's going to be fun. We'll be on the call for that one uh, up in the booth. It's going to be a great time, hopefully, and we'll hopefully be in store uh, for, for a great game, Josh. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a good game. Um it's it's definitely gonna be. I'm already nervous about it, and it's it's. There's a lot goes into it, man. I, oh my god, it, I'm I'm nervous. You for don't it. need extra motivation for this game. If, yeah. And if you need some extra motivation for this game, then you shouldn't be playing. You here. shouldn't be playing in it, and or you don't have a pulse. I mean, come on now. Yeah, the yeah. implications of this game are you know huge, and it's only this early in the season. It's it's week four, and this we're talking about possibly the biggest game of the year for both these teams in the East Division. Yeah, the the this is one of those games that really just there's so much that goes into it and you got a lot riding on this game. Not only just your teammates, not only your coaches, not only your home fans, but I think this is the game around Division 2 football to watch. The rematch. The rematch of everything. Clutchdown Shepherd. Everybody has this game we talked about marked on their schedule and it's just there's so much riding on it and I mean, I'd like to. Pre- I think the last part that we should do, Jack, predict a final score. But it's so tough to even do that. I I don't yeah. even I don't even know if I can predict a final score. I mean, definitely my my final score is definitely win by three. Who's gonna win it? I have no idea. It's gonna be won by a field goal, though. I definitely know that. I think it's gonna be a tight game. I think both these teams are gonna be really motivated to play in this one. But one thing I'm gonna say for sure. Pack Andre Reed on Saturday, folks. Make that environment as rowdy as possible. That way, these players can, you know, they can rally behind it. You know, make make this environment tough for Shepard to come play in, like the playoff games were last year. Uh, so, Pack Andre Reed, come out support your Golden Bears on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, if we can have that fantastic of an environment. And uh, you know, it was getting loud when we were hosting Cal U, but let's strive for it to get even louder. So, I think a fantastic game ahead. And, again, we mentioned the implications of this one. It's, it's a big one. It is a big, big game early in the season. Yeah, it's. Uh, the, I mean, it's so early on in the season, but it's so big already because this game, like I already mentioned, this is the game that really might be the factor that they get into the PSAC playoffs or they get knocked out. It's so early on in the year, but that's just... That's just the God honest truth right there, but Jack, it's come to the end of our program, and we covered so much, but if anybody remembers anything from the show, please remember one thing. Pack Andre Reed Stadium this Saturday. Everybody, show out.
everybody wear maroon and gold. Everybody come out. Support your Golden Bears. Even if you can't, tune in to KUR. Jack Heim, Josh Toot, Mitchell Smedley on the call for that one. It's going to be such a big game. Whatever you can, support your Golden Bears in this time of need. Let's go KU!